Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. I am Mike here with the boys. All three of us are here. The first time in a few weeks. We were missing McLean last week, missing Jay before that, but Jay and McLean are here. How are you, gents? Wonderful. Just, just glad to be back with you, you fine fellas. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. It was Masters weekend. I, I, you know, I will say this. It pains me, and I always have a, just a little tear I shed when I deleted the Masters app on my phone today. Yeah, I did the same thing. Well, I won't need it for another year. That's always. I leave it up. You just leave it up? I leave it up, yeah. That's like a cock tease. You're just like, oh, man. Could. <laughs> Every now and again, you'll get a small update from it. Because that's like the one app I've got turned notifications on. <laughs> You know, everything else you don't really want to know about. The phone makes enough noise as it is, but it's like masters. Yeah, I want to yeah. know it all. I'll see what that is. But yeah, so I had to delete that. But let's, let's, what are you guys drinking real fast? So yeah, it's Corona Light. Okay. Calum at 15. Ooh, very nice. I'm drinking water. God. Just, you're, you know, you're trying, trying to you're take a winner. night off. It's had a long day at work, a little tired. So just take a night off. We'll just hydrate. But enough of the uh, enough of the enough of the grab assery. Let's just get into some golf, huh? Yeah, well, do it. Hey, I'll tell you, you were talking about that Masters app, real quick. What they're doing on that app is the best in golf. Uh, I was going to save that for later, one of our segments. Right, but yes, right. absolutely. We'll we'll get to that. We'll get, let's get to it. We're going to get to that in a little bit. Um, but let's talk about the number one player in the world, Scotty Scheffler, wins, pretty much in dominating fashion even though before part of the last hole the win by three you know it wasn't really close since friday afternoon in all honesty and yeah i mean i like scotty i felt bad i was kind of rooting against him over the weekend just purely because i wanted a close entertaining back nine yesterday nothing to do against scotty personally i like him it seems like an awesome guy he's obviously an unbelievable golfer and on just a massive heater right now uh, yeah, with the likes yeah. that we haven't seen since maybe Tiger uh, winning four of his last six events. Uh, but yeah, I, I did kind of feel bad rooting against him over the weekend. I just wanted to have an entertaining product to watch. And I didn't really have Scotty picked in any of my pools. It shows shows you how dumb I am. <laughs> but yeah, what, do, what did you guys make of, of the Masters and whole at a whole or, or, you know, mainly Scotty? I think it was absolutely incredible. Um to take over number one and go into your first major as the number one ranked golfer in the world. It's, it's an incredible feat. He looked unflappable. And the thing that I think really impressed me the most yesterday was his short game around the greens. Um, he got up and down damn near every time he needed to. Uh, he chipped, I thought, extremely well. And when you're in the lead of a big event, obviously the Masters being probably the pinnacle of that, um, that's when those nerves are going to start to hit. Are you able to recover from that bad shot? And when you are dialed in, you are able to recover. He seemed dialed in all day. Uh, he looked fantastic with the wedge in his hand when he did miss the green. And obviously he putted it for 17 holes. He putted pretty well. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. I mean, I, so I missed the first couple holes. I think Jay and I were, we played golf together, got our asses kicked. Uh, we, we were just talking about that off the air. And then, I missed the first couple of holes and was leaving the foundry and, and walked by when he chipped in on three there. I had missed the tee shots. I guess him and Cam Smith both hit it left and Scotty gets relief and they both come up short. 
And this is after Cam goes birdie, birdie, leads down to one. You're like, oh, we got a ball game. Yeah. And then Scotty chips in. Cam doesn't get up and down, makes bogey. And you're like, oh, and that was kind of the closest it ever was, was on that yeah. third tee box. I think it. it's interesting. His You talk about his chipping. It's not the prettiest method. He uses a lot of kind of leading edge and hits these low. He does it. He he get he gauges them really well, but he uses a lot of leading edge and, and drives it into the ground a little bit. It's almost like a pop jab. Yeah, stroke. I mean that that one that he held out on um, three, three. I mean the two uh, Cam Smith and and. And Scotty were in the same, almost identical spot, and they both took two different approaches. Uh, Cam Smith kind of went high and, and and ran it by 15 feet, and Scotty obviously bumped it into the hill and and kind of hit down on it, compressed it, like you were saying, Mikey, kind of really de-lofted the wedge. And I mean, it went in, but had he not made it, it was going to go by 10 feet. I mean, he oh just, yeah, it had without steam question, on it. yeah, without question. Um, and those, you know, those are the breaks you need when you're trying to win a major, you need shit like that to happen, you know? And I, I was listening to, um, Colt Nost and, um, I'm not sure who his, his counterpart was on, uh, on XM radio, uh, but they were talking Shane Bacon, maybe it probably was Shane. Um, but they were talking, they were interviewing, uh, Hale Irwin and Hale was talking about, you know, what he thought was going to set the precedent for the, for the day. And he wanted to see how the guys played those first three to five holes. Like if, if they can get through those first three to five holes and they, they can, sh- you know, shake off the nerves, then they're going to, they're going to be the ones to, to, you know, take, take it all the way to the, to the finish line. And that was a perfect example of Scotty Scheffler chipping in on three. It's like, okay, you know, I, I I got myself out of jail here. This could have been a bogey. I walk over the birdie. Now it's like you you walk out of there thinking, oh wow, I'm I'm ahead of the game. You know, I just saved myself two shots at least. Um, so you, you you roll out of there with a little bit more confidence. You know, there's still some tough holes. Four, obviously, we we know was super tough, but you know that front nine, you can get away with uh, some shots there. And it's not as nearly as difficult. And and then the back nine, you've got birdies, but you can also make some doubles really quickly. Um, more volatility on the off, back. Yeah, more volatility. But he shook off he shook off all of the nerves there on the first three to five holes, which is important. I mean, one is a hard hole. You know, I it know we, hard. we're going to get into this, but like it's a hard starting hole. You know, to to get out there and hit a good drive and hit a good iron shot and to give yourself a decent putt. I mean, I, I don't know how many guys that are holding the lead going into um, the final round hit good drives and good iron shots on on one. It seems like, granted, we've seen Tiger have have the lead for so many times, and he, he plays one terribly every Awful. year. Um, and he typically does for every major championship that he plays in, which I think is kind of cool. Um, it, you can just see that nerves for somebody like, uh, Tiger, who is like the steeliest guy there is, is like, you think that he doesn't, he's not affected by that, but like you, you look at his first or his final round, first hole score and a major that he's won and he's over par in the, in the eight or the 15 majors that he's won, 
If you go back and look at his first round score for all the majors that he has won, he's over par, which is incredible. You know, because yeah, it doesn't come out of the gate strong. Considering how tight the scores are, you know, especially at a U.S. Open, like you can't get away with bogeying or double bogeying the first hole, um, which he's done multiple times, um, you know, at these majors that he's won. So, and that just that's attributed to how how mentally tough he is to be able to get, look past, you know, the first hole. And like, all right, you know what? I've got a long way to go. We got 17 holes. Um, let's let's keep it together. But um, Scotty, Scotty kept it together. I mean, he's a steely, steely dude. I uh, I I think the biggest hole of the event came on Saturday afternoon, number 18. I mm. think that bogey he made on Saturday saved him the golf tournament. Because I texted you guys. You know, they're looking through the trees, can't find his ball. And I'm like, this could be a six or a seven in a second. They find the ball. They find the ball. It's close enough to the two club length with the unplayable gets him out of the bushes. He has a swing at it. He hits then an unbelievable long iron up just over the green, gets it up and down to save a bogey. If he makes a double or a triple there and that, especially if he makes a triple and that leads down to one, they can't find that ball, yeah. and he has to go back and re-tee. And then he just comes off of making a triple. His lead's down the one. I think he sleeps different. I think his mindset going into the round is different. The whole margin for error is gone. I, I think that was – and that was a break, right? Not only did they find it, but it was also in a manageable spot to take the unplayable and and kind of go about his his business there. And so – and all and, and hands off, hats off to him on that iron shot was unreal you know faldo was talking like oh he's gonna lay up he's gonna lay up and then he just roast this looked like a driving iron onto the green so i think that was the biggest turning point and then that third hole that chip in and cam smith making bogey there was kind of just huge breaks in his favor oh it changed the it changed the whole feeling of the event i mean i I also missed the first two holes and we had some friends coming over to watch it and I had to run to the store and I come back and it's a one shot lead. And I'm going, what, what let's go. And I mean, within minutes, it went back to a three shot lead. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just such, such a turn of the tides and, you know, Cam Smith hung in there and tried to tried to bring it back. And he, he got a little bit of uh, his mojo back there on the back nine. And then all of a sudden when he hit, hit that, uh, shot on 12 immediately it was you knew as soon as it landed in the water the tournament was over unless oh, yeah. Scheffler totally just died on the cross but at the time you didn't think rory was going to do what he had done you know he hadn't finished out yet yeah um you know that it got if you look at the scorecard it looks as a much closer event than it actually was or yeah. sorry if you look at yeah, the leaderboard you, you throw a four putt in on 18 and then yeah sense. you couldn't have forecasted that. You couldn't have forecasted uh, Rory and Colin chipping in on 18 at the same time, yeah. back to back. I mean, the odds are astronomical for those those three items to happen. We'll we'll yeah. get to Mr. McElroy here in a second. Um, but one more, th- or at least one more point I have on Scotty. I like the guy as a person. He seems like he's humble, like his head's not too big. Like he he obviously must have a great family, and um, he's married to his high school sweetheart, like I am. And he just seems like a good dude. I think the the bad thing, not the bad thing, <laughs> is his personality isn't very big, right? So it's he's never going to be, I don't think, hugely 
popular as no. some of the other guys are, you know, um, he's just so kind of quiet and to himself, but he's doesn't seem to be phased by anything, obviously. Although he did say he was, he was bawling his eyes out Sunday morning because he was stressed and didn't think he was ready for the moment and was nervous, but really he said that I didn't, I didn't yeah, hear in that. his press conference. He said that he bawled his eyes out Sunday morning because he was so stressed that he was telling his wife, I'm not ready for this. And so he, he just came out and said it. He said his yeah, stomach, his awesome. stomach was messed up for a couple of days. Didn't feel right. Um, so he showed some vulnerability there in the press conference afterwards. And so, but hell, it didn't really show on the golf course. He did say then, like once he actually got on the grounds yesterday afternoon to go um, work with his physio that he like settled down, but like at the house, the morning yesterday morning, he was an absolute wreck. He said, that's awesome. I mean, so, it's not kudos awesome to him for wreck, it's awesome that he, he acknowledged and acknowledged yeah. that because I think most of these guys, if not all of them have, have the same or similar feelings in different ways. Um, and tiger, again, I, I talk about his, his first T history. That's, that's, Tiger, for somebody who, who looks like a robot when he plays and, and how successful he's been, that's that's him showing his vulnerability um, on the first tee is, is, is what is the one way that he's, uh, you know, kind of brought himself back to the field. Human. You know, not, not to the field, but at least showing that he is he's human, you know, when it comes to that, you know, and he's not. He's not a robot. I mean, he still gets nervous. I mean, he he's admitted it. He's said it later in his career. He said it. And it's just cool to hear that um, Scotty says that. I mean, because, I mean, geez, let's think about it. The guy hasn't didn't have a PGA Tour win, you know, four months ago. And now he's he has four of his last six. And now he's a, a major champion. Masters. That's a big change of events in, in four months. Big change. Oh, and he's also he's also won about ten million dollars in the last two months. Yeah, and nice. ascended to world number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The official number months. is ten million ninety eight thousand fourteen dollars for those that are keeping track over the last thirteen events with four wins and seven top tens. The guy has absolutely got it done, and it's funny looking at his stats here. You know, he's ranked one twenty seventh in scrambling, and I think what stuck out to me most yesterday was him getting up and down the way he did. And I, I think, and Jay can probably attest to this, when you win, normally the, all cylinders are firing and you know, getting up and down and you're chipping is almost something that's always on. I mean, you don't see guys very often chip poorly and still win a golf tournament. You'll have yeah. guys, Victor Hovland, it, and top 10 their asses off um, doing but it. Not to say that he – yeah, but to win is is a different story. Well, as, have, as the – right. As the last person on this podcast to win a golf tournament, I um, you know, I went four for four getting up and down last week. So I I can attest to that. You have to win a golf tournament, yeah. you gotta get up and down. You've got to get up and down. That is the the key thing. And I and I've always said the guy who makes the most birdies isn't the guy that wins. It's the guy who makes the least mistakes that that recovers the best. And when yeah. you are when you're missing greens and still getting up and down for pars and making your birdies where you have the opportunities. That's where the winning recipe is. It, it's not going to come by making those mistakes, especially not at a place like Augusta National, um, under the you know spotlight of the Masters. Um, those things are going to you know come to uh, come to light. It, it's going to be right in your face, and you've got to be able to face those fears. And Scotty 
absolutely stared him down. And damn, does he hit some good iron shots. Buddy, big towering ones. Man, I mean, the one on five was really good. The one on seven was really good. The one on nine was really, I mean, he hits some awesome iron shots. Uh, the one on 14, it's just, it just is pure. Well, and there were two or three times where, you know, he had after Cam Smith and Cam Smith hits a great shot in there to 10 feet and he sits it in there to about eight feet. Yeah. It was like just inside of him. And you got to think Cam Smith's sitting there going, son of a bitch. Yeah. And Cam's one of the best iron players in the world, too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And Cam wasn't hitting bad shots. You know, he he made a couple of mistakes and, you know, the 12 is going to haunt him for a long time. Um, I'm interested to see where, where he does on 12 when he gets back next year. Uh, yeah. My guess is he needs to make a couple of visits and go ahead and get that ghost out of his system because it is going to exist. I mean, this is, you know, so the uh, speaking on Cam Smith, um, you know, you look at Scotty Scheffler's golf swing and it doesn't look as clean and it doesn't look as fluid. But if you look from a from a fundamental standpoint, if you look at, you know, the face angle and the path, he keeps the face pretty square for a long time. You know, it looks weird and his foot sliding, his feet are moving, but he keeps the face pretty square to the path for a long time. So hence, and he hits it hard. Like he hits it pretty far and he hits it pretty high. So all of this, this whole recipe, you know, and this is, this is one of the things that we, we talk about a lot um, about swing theory and, and what players are going to play well with their types of swings and I look at these two guys, Cam Smith and Scotty Scheffler, and I and I immediately look to Scotty Scheffler and think this, while it's a, a funny looking swing, it's way more repeatable than Cam Smith. I think Cam Smith, I think I, I, I really like the guy. I think he's got an incredible short game, is one of the best putters on tour, one of the best wedge players on tour. But as soon as he makes a swing longer than a wedge, that club gets it gets across the line so much, and he's so so reliant on timing that yeah, you see him hit some really bad shots uh, under the gun. And I and, and that's easy to to say. Like everyone's like, oh, if your swing isn't perfectly on pain, plane, it doesn't look like Adam Scott, then you can't play on tour, which is not true. We all know that's bullshit. Um, but there is a sense of if I'm a little off. And my swing, and I've got a lot of moving parts. How off am I going to be? And I feel like Cam Smith, when he's off, he gets really off. Whereas yeah. some, of the, some of these other guys with maybe some more fun, fundamentally sound swings, uh, when they're off, they're not that far off. You know, he hit some really bad shots. No, I, 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 I think that's a great so take, Jay. I think there's something to be said for for. You know, and I'm, I'm not I'm not condoning like everyone needs to go get a, uh, you know, swing teacher and and change completely, you know, rent, you know, you know, change their swing and make it like look like Adam Scott. I'm just saying that there is there is something there. There is some something that you can uh, you can gravitate to that says, look, these guys who work on their swings and make their their swings more fundamentally sound and more, uh, I guess, I guess the right word is easy. Um, they they tend to not have the 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 big the big holes or the big blowups and they don't have the big rounds. Um, they don't they're not as re- reliant on uh, timing and they're not as reliant on momentum. Um, and Cam Smith has been hot, you know. Granted, he's rolling. So yeah, if he's rolling and everything's good, 
the guy can make 10 birdies around. Um, and I like him. I just, I would love to see just all the waving at the top. If he could somehow clean it up just a little bit. I mean, that guy could beat the brakes off everybody. As good as, as good as, as good as his, 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 his short game and his wedge game is. I don't know that him changing that swing will allow him to play at the level that he does. Cause something he's done for so long. Yeah, maybe, you know, and that, and that's, and that's the thing you're right. Now that's the thing you fight, you know, as a, as a player, you're always like, what, you know, what should I, what should I fix? What should I work on? Like if, and that's, there's no, there's no special recipe there that says, yeah, work on this. Don't work on this. But you know, if, if you're, if you're hitting that many foul balls and you're hitting that many bad shots yeah. under the gun, it's like, you know what? Well, I, I don't know. That's, I, I mean, think there's it's two certainly... ways to think about it. Some people just say, Hey, just tough it out. This is uh, just a bad week. Keep doing what you're doing. Or you can say, you know, Hey, we can maybe tweak this a little bit. I don't have to make a, an, you know, a, a dramatic change here, but maybe we can just simplify this just a little bit and, Maybe I can get rid of some of those big misses, you know. I yeah, know. I think it's I think it's tough when you look at his stats over the last few years, and he's been one of the best iron players in the world. It's like, okay, do I? Because he's not a great driver of the golf ball, so do I tweak the swing to drive the ball better and then sacrifice my iron game? Or yeah, you know, but but yeah, that's the point you look at. You know, that's something that he has to talk about with his coaches and his his teachers and say. You know, if we make you a better driver of the golf ball, is that going to hurt your iron game, or is that going to make your iron game iron game even better? You know, that's and that's the dilemma that a lot of these guys face. And I, you know, I hate to I hate to say it, I've been there, and and you guys have too. You 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 guys play a lot of golf, competitive golf. You're always trying to get better, and you're like, what do I fix? What do I not fix? And I think that's that's a big dilemma for some top amateurs. Even, even I should, I would say even, you know, mid, mid handicappers, they're like, this is what I do. Well, this is what I know uh, about my game. How much do I want to fix? Um, and that, that's where you have to match yourself up with the right teacher and the right, you know, PGA pro to kind of you know, go through that process with you and they can understand it. But it, it's, it's, it's a tough process. And I think a lot of pros fight that. I know I've fought it and you're like, you know, hey, I'm not winning every every event. I'm not in contention every event. You know, I've won my fair share of professional tournaments, but we're always trying to get better. So you're you're always constantly looking like, what do I need to do to get better? Is it this or is it this? Is it this or is it this? Is it is it my full swing? Is it my wedge game? Is it my mid iron game? Is it my chipping? Is it my putting? Is it? So it's hard to say for some of these guys who are not on the PJ tour and have. Um, access to um uh shot link you know if you're a web.com guy like you're not going to have access to shot link you're not going to know you know what hey when you when you have 175 yards you're ranked 200 in the in the on tour and strokes gain you know from 170 to 175 to 200 and you're like oh wow i suck with my six iron and through my four iron then well, that's you, what austin you know work on it you that's know, what but, austin was saying yeah. So, but some of these, the, the subsidiary tours don't have that access. So it's hard for you to, you're guessing a lot of the time you're just, you're relying on a teacher or your own, your own analytics to decide what you need to work on. And sometimes you pick the wrong thing. 
You know, I've yeah. done that before. You know, I'm fixing shit that I'm like, damn it, if I just kept doing that, I would have been fine. And I fixed the wrong thing. And now this other thing is worse. And now both things are worse. And I'm like, now I've got to go back and revamp it all. So, uh, you know, again, I, I'm, I'm obviously a long winded on that, but I've had experience with it. And it's it's tough to figure out what what you need to work on when it comes to stuff like that. And, you know, to Cam Smith, yes, it's hard for him to fix anything with his golf swing because he's a top five player in the world. But if you look at what he's the worst at, he's not he's not a great driver of the golf ball. And he's not even one of the longer guys on the tour in driving. Um, so he's long enough, though. He's long enough with he's, that yeah, iron game. If he can hit, you know, but, you know, but hey, what if he's what if he drives, you know, what if he drives the ball in the fairway 20, you know, 15 to 20 percent more of the time? You know, that's a lot. But that now now you take this iron game from the fairway as, as opposed to hitting out of the rough. Now, now he is he number one player in the world. Maybe could be, you know. I mean, if, shot, if Scotty Scheffler can be number one player in the world with his golf swing, then why can't Cam Smith? So let's let's talk, Mister McElroy. So Rory did Rory things yesterday. Backdoored his way into a, a, a solo second. Saw that one coming. That was the easiest money in on on the books in the sports book yesterday morning. Was Rory McElroy top five? It was like plus four fifty. Count it. This guy. Because that's what Rory McIlroy does these last years. And there was years. a secondary bet with me and Mikey. And there was a secondary bet that Jay and I made. I And uh, I'm going to say all this. I'm going to preface all this what I say. I love Rory McIlroy. He's one of my favorite players on tour. But I'm sorry. He's starting to really frustrate me. Like, <laughs> like great round yesterday, Rory. Awesome. There's zero pressure on you. You hold a couple shots. They were unbelievable. It was exciting for an afternoon. Do it on Friday or Saturday. Like uh, when when you're way yeah. out of contention and you shoot a 64 on Sunday to just bypass some people. Wee, good for you, Rory. Wee. It's been yeah. eight years since you've won a major. I'm sorry. You need to do this on Saturday. So you're now in contention to play on Sunday and, and try to convert one into a win. He's the king of the backdoor top five, top tens in majors. He, when there's no pressure, people stop talking about him. He goes out and plays well. There's yeah. something wrong between his head, I think. Yeah. And he has, he has faults in his swing and his iron game's not fantastic, especially his wedges. For a guy who hits it as long as he does, I just, I, I don't know. It, it's frustrating because I want him to be the guy that he was. But let's be honest now. If you look at his career, he's gone more years. Is he this guy that he's had the last eight years with no major wins or those first six years? four yeah. years, whatever it was with all those, with those four major wins. I, I, I don't know. It's just like, it was cool. It was fun, but I don't know. Do it when it matters. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I, I love Rory. I think, I, I think we've all talked about, about him on, on this pod quite a bit. And, you know, I, I love his, uh, uh, he, he's, I think he's re very real. I think he's a very genuine person, uh, which yeah, doesn't agree. necessarily doesn't necessarily equate to wins. But as a golf fan, it's nice to hear someone's honest opinion, and it's heartfelt. It's not um, it's not about getting ahead or trying to one up somebody else. He's just 
he's just explaining uh, his his point of view, which I think that's why he's one of the spokes the spokespersons uh, spokespeople or spokespersons for the PJ Tour. Like he is, he, he represents the PJ Tour. I mean, he's on the pack board. He's is he? He's not the president of the that board, is he? I think but he is a chairman. He is or the president. I think he, he is. Whatever yeah. they call it. Yeah. So I mean, obviously he is uh, in high regard with the with the fellow peers on the on tour. But you're right, there's something going on mentally with him and the pressure and where he is in his golf game that he just can't seem to put it together um, when it really matters most. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, his his short iron play has not been great, um, and. He drives the ball. He's probably, if not the best driver of the golf ball on the on the planet. And I've had multiple people. If you we listened, I mean, Colton Colton Ost was doing the ESPN uh, coverage this weekend for the Masters, and he said that he's played with Rory and and watched Rory and been a commentator for Rory on the ground. And he said that there's nobody that drives the ball better than Rory. Like it's just as, as long and as straight as he hits it. It's like, it's unbelievable how good he hits it, which is great, but it also makes it look, it also reminds people how poorly he has been with his mid to short arm play. Um, and he's got good hands. I mean, he's, he, he, he can hit some good short game shots but he's not regarded as a top short game player and he's always struggled. He's a streaky putter. He's a so ball. Put, he's That's a ball striker. Well, so he's not really a ball striker because ball striker includes irons. That's fair. It does. So it looking does, at his but strokes I mean, gained, he's, he's third strokes gained off the tee. He's actually eighth around the greens. He's chipping eighth. Yeah. Impressive. His approach, the green, his iron play 96th. It's worse so than his pu- it's worse than his putting. Yeah. That's hard to do. So I think that that's what I mean again we're talking about we're 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 talking about a guy who's top 10 in the world who's been top 10 in the world for a long time. And he just it's what's strange is he is he has not changed wherever he is in the world golf ranking. He's kind of hung there, but he's not cracked. He hasn't been top he hasn't been the number 1 in the world for how long? Oh, it's been a while. It's been three or four years. I think so. But but he hasn't really dropped outside of the top 10 either for, for very long. If no, he, if, he, if he did, it was like a couple months and he was back in. So he, 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 he is, he's still relying on what he does really well, and he's still hanging in there. And I, and I know it's easy for us to criticize, but the guy still stays in the top 10 year after year after year after year. And if it was somebody else like – like I mean, look at somebody like a Justin Thomas. Like he, same same thing. How many majors has Justin Thomas won? You know, I don't think they're on the same page, in my opinion. And I've we've we've had this discussion before, and I I think Justin Thomas is a is a great player, a, a unbelievable player. I think he's an overachiever, uh, in my opinion. Um, I don't think he is in the same. I don't think he's in the same category as Rory and Dustin Johnson, John Rahm. That's that again, that's my opinion. I just don't see him dominating as much as these guys or the ability to dominate 
Uh, yeah, but Rory hasn't dominated in eight years. So what? He hasn't dominated, but he's been in the. He's always been in the mix, always. And I think the expectation he set he set that bar for himself, and he won four majors early when he was younger. Um, so he set that bar, and and that's fine for us to criticize him for it. But I I don't think we can put Justin Thomas in the same category as Rory McIlroy and for a career. Um, now has Justin Thomas maybe played better in the last couple of years in terms of wins, maybe, you know, but, um, and it's pretty close. Um, I think they're kind of the same player right now, in my opinion. Yeah. They're very, both the same, very, but, very, love... but, but incredible players. I mean, we're, we're both, we're still talking about two top 10 players in the yeah. world. So I don't want to discount. No, no one's questioning that. We just expect more of these guys. Cause I think I, and yeah. you and I, uh, in, McLean and I are more in line on the on the JT thing. I think JT is in Rory's class and in, in with those guys. And I, again, so I think the game is more fun with those guys. Like all due respect to Scotty oh. Scheffler, it's way more fun when Royal McElroy is in contention. I would much rather see Roy McElroy w- with this tear of win four of the last six tournaments to go to number yeah. one in the world than Scotty Scheffler. Sorry, Scotty. Yeah. But that's right now. Because Scotty's technically new money in this situation, right? Correct. Yeah. Whereas Rory is kind of the it's crazy to think about at our age, but he's more of a veteran. So yeah, he is. at the end of the day, Scotty could end up being there with us as well. And what he's done, if he keeps doing it, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to consider him like that. Yeah. Winning four events like that, buddy, he's in the fucking conversation. He got there quickly. Sure. No, I know I'm talking more deserved. from an you know entertainment value. I'm not talking I, I, I totally under, I totally agree and totally understand. But I think we haven't had a chance to get to know Scotty well enough yet that we can form that kind of fanhood with him. And we Man. haven't seen him. We we haven't seen him go in oh, down. Wait, wait, is fanhood? Should that be like a? That should be a hat. <laughs> fanhood. I think that's that's like a that's like a weird coin term that we should like fan. Well, dude, I like. like to I don't, I don't use that very often, that. but I kind of like it. But at, at the end of the day, my biggest thing is. We may end up there with Scotty. We don't know yet. Rory's been around for a while. He's gained a lot of a lot of followers over the years, and he's done a lot for the sport. Scotty's still on the on the inside. I mean, the kid's only twenty five. He he doesn't look twenty five. Um, he obviously doesn't play or act thirty or twenty five. Um, so I I think he has the ability to garner some followers maybe not in quite as high fashion as rory does and you know the biggest difference with the two is that rory has one of those just absolutely incredibly phenomenal swings that you just want to watch him hit balls and um scotty's obviously kind of does it his own way Um, i kind of like scotty's move because it's it's a it's kind of a it's unique and it's definitely his own it's a swing your swing situation but if you look at it on video he gets the club in a lot of good spots oh yeah a lot of good spots You slow it it's down, it's a lot better. Fundamentally, it's good. Yeah. And that you're right. And that's what I think kind of what we were alluding to earlier. Like he keeps the face very square to the path for a long time. It looks different because he's got the feet moving all over the place and the the finish is very manufactured, I guess is the right word. So yeah. it doesn't look as fluid as some of the other guys, but it's very functional and it's very uh, systematic and very reliable. Um, but I was just looking at the world it pays really rankings. well. What's that? P- and pays really, pays well. really right. well. Right. Um, 
Scotty Scheffler has got a pretty good lead here at, at number one after winning the Masters. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Like, I, I, unless he really has a couple, you know, I'd, I'd say not a couple, but if he has like a couple months of bad weeks, that's what it's going to take for him to kind of lose that spot. I mean, behind him is Colin. Yeah, more jumped to two, right? Yeah, he jumped into John Rom three, Victor and Cam Smith, all really, really close. Those 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 top five guys. Um, and then you've got Patrick Cantlay and then Rory, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, Sam Birds, and Xander um to kind of round everything out. But um it's it's a good group. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I, I really like all those players, you know. Uh, and then you've got Hideki not too far behind. Uh, Billy Horschel, I think, is uh, overachieving as well at 13th. Wow, he's uh, all the way to 13. He's 13th in the world. I mean, um, again, you know, we're being critical, but we're also looking at you know just potential and what the skill set is and the mental capacity. Um, you know, Billy's obviously. A, a really fierce competitor, but also at times can maybe be over the top, you know, and he doesn't have the skill set that these guys, other guys have, like he's not hitting at 340 off the tee. Um, he is a very, you know, systematic player. He drives the ball well, hits the ball in play, you know, knows solid iron player. No, knows his strengths, you know, he plays to, you know, like you said, he plays to his strengths and plays to what he's capable of doing, but. I don't know. The, the the top of that list of the world golf rankings are, are pretty cool. It's different. Um, Morikawa, obviously, with two major wins. he's Everyone loves him and his ball striking ability. But Scotty Scheffler, obviously, is right up there. John Rahm has putted poorly, so poorly. Um, Victor Hovland has chipped so poorly. Like, if you want to dominate, you know, the world golf ranking, you've got to be good at all, all of it. Kind of like what you alluded to, McLean, you know, winning a golf tournament. You're not going to go out. I mean, granted, we've talked about being a great ball striker to finish high in, in tournaments, um, but you can't you can't win majors without having all of those things working. You know, Absolutely. You, you've got to be able to chip. You've got to be able to pitch the ball. You've got to be able to putt. You've got to be on top of all of it. Like you can get away and uh, with having some really good finishes and not being a great chipper, chipper or not a great putter. But if you're a great ball striker drive the ball and play and fairly long you're going to be in the hunt like victor hovland i mean is a perfect example i mean he's he's an average putter statistically speaking and he is one of the worst chippers on tour but he's fourth in the world because he drives the ball long and well, so and he's a great on play, we're, uh, we're not going to get in this rabbit hole but this is why I want to bring the skill back, the all-encompassing skill of playing the game of golf. It's remarkable that you can be the worst chipper on tour and be a top four player. That to do, you cannot do, you can't, you can't be average in one of the more basic things to do in golf. And and you're, that's why I think the professional game is broken a little bit. But that's a, another conversation yeah. for another day. I don't want to get into that tonight. Well, I'll, the only thing I will say to jump on Jay's point real quick, though, Mike, is one of the things I think if you look back and you think back on it, when you have a lot of player interviews and even after a great round for someone to win a golf tournament and they say, you know, what did you really look back on? 
it's almost always they bring up a, a really good up and down that had them save a par more often than it is a necessarily a birdie. It's like, you know, what, where do you, where do you draw back you know, some of the success of the round or what, whatever the wording is. And it's yeah. almost always a look back like, you know, I, I had a really tough up and down on 11 that I got up and down or whatever it may be, whatever hole um, you hear guys talk about that. And I think when it boils down to it, uh, being able to eliminate those mistakes, as Jay alluded to, uh, is one of the key factors that I think you see in every winner of a. Oh game. yeah, I, I I completely agree with that. Yeah, completely. So, any yeah. more Rory thoughts specifically? Ah uh, man, I'd love for him to win at Augusta and get the career Grand Slam because I think he's worthy of it. I think this game doesn't owe anyone anything, as we all know. I mean, it's all earned. Um, But I do feel like at some point, I feel like he's played well enough there multiple times uh, and he's earned the right to win win there. And it may not happen in the next couple of years, but I feel like like he's going to win the Masters one time and and he's going to complete the career Grand Slam. Um, I think he's, I think he is deserving of it. Uh, based on how he's played and what uh, and his skill set and what he can do, so I hope he does. I really yeah. do. So let's get into uh, let's get into the big cat. I thought it was fantastic what he did. I think he, um, I think he outperformed what any of us thought he was going to do. Uh, the first round seventy one was incredibly impressive. Everyone started thinking immediately, "Wow, he he could win this golf tournament." I think we saw the obvious and the limp got worse as the week got longer. Um, I think we somewhat expected it, but after the first round 71, you almost start to feel like, ah, it's not a thing. He's back. It's, it is what it yeah. is as, as we often do with tiger as the media certainly jumps on. Um, but at the end of the day, I think what he did was incredible. The fact that he was able to walk all four rounds and, and to do it almost grimace free, I will say it, it. You could tell that he had to favor it a little bit, but you didn't see the old. And my God, we've seen so many tiger swings where the the contact and and kind of clinch or whatever you want to call it in terms of wince maybe uh, in pain after it. We we really didn't see much of that. It seems like he kind of knew his limitations, and the, it, the majority came down to his ability to really walk the golf course. I think if he was able to ride in a golf cart, he. He, he likely could have been a little higher up the leaderboard than he was, but the fact that he made the cut um, to hear the roars out there, I mean, not being there in person and even just hearing him on TV, I, I could feel that energy back in that golf course. And he energizes this industry. Unlike anyone has ever done before, maybe the likes of maybe Arnold Palmer um, back in his day, but at the same time, what, what it does to the industry when he's on the course is uh it's something we're all fortunate to be a part of yeah i mean it was it was awesome to see him open open the tournament and shoot under par that was remarkable and it was it was i I had a feeling like i think probably everyone did whether they wanted to admit it or not and you can talk yourself into after he shoots 71 you can easily talk yourself into oh he's going to contend is you know you you kind of fall into that trap of kind of wishing i think all of us did to a certain extent You knew he was gonna come apart at some point, just because of he hasn't played golf that much. Never mind walking that golf course four days in a row. You know, I was even—I mean—and really, the, his Saturday seventy-eight was because of his putting. 
I mean, that was atrocious. Yeah. You know, he had what four, three putts and a four putt on Saturday. And like he even said it himself, he goes, I just two putt those. I shoot 72, you know? And so, yeah. um, no, it's obviously awesome to have him back and play well. I think he will contend in a major soon at some point in the next, we'll call it next six majors. I think he'll contend. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm not sure how many, how much regular PJ tour events he'll play. I think he's just going to basically play majors and maybe one or two other events. So I, I want to say he's going to win another tour event. I just don't know how many he's going to play in. Right. I think he's going to gear his focus in his rehab and his whole energy to playing four majors and then see what else he can muster up. So yeah. I, 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 yeah, four majors, a fall and a tune up event in the spring. Yeah, I can see him my- playing six events a year. I think that that would probably be right. A fall, probably a hero world challenge. Yeah, he'll do some of that stuff. Hero world challenge. Yeah, then he'll yeah. play a spring tune-up event, heading over maybe a Bay Hill, something short ride from the house. Um, I don't see him going to PBG and playing down at Gardens at PJ National, even though that's going to be the closest home game for him. But I could certainly see him going up for a little Arnie, um, Bay Hill. Yeah, maybe the players. Yeah, it's actually even probably better. I would see more likely him going and playing the players. Yeah, that would be so. considered the fifth major. It probably makes more sense. And he did say. That he he basically committed to the open at St. Andrews. Yeah. Said he would yeah. be there. He didn't really say other than that when he would be back if he was going to play next month at the PGA at Southern Hills, where he has won. Um, never mentioned the US Open, but he did pretty much say, I'm I'm gonna be at St. Andrews. I love that place. It means a bunch to me. I'm gonna be there. So I don't know. Again, it was just it was good to see him. And I think he just had to get those competitive reps under his belt. And it's going to take another a tournament or two to really, you know, get those feels. And Jay and I talked about that last week of, yeah, you can play a lot of golf at home, but it's not the same as playing competitive golf. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. rust there to dust off. So. Yeah. Just being under the gun. Yeah. I look forward to seeing what he can do up at uh, St. Andrews. I'm, I'm excited to see him back in the game and at least have a confirmed event that we can look forward to. Uh, it's yeah. been so long since we knew that he was going to actually play and you could actually kind of get excited and say, man, you know, yeah. I can't, can't wait to watch the open championship uh, this year at St. Andrews. I already feel that way. Yeah. So I, uh, it, it was, it's cool to see him. I mean, he really acknowledged the crowd all week and smiled and, you know, even yesterday in his press conference and after on Saturday, he shoots back to back 78s and he's smiling, talking to the media and it didn't, affect him he he knew he did something special by just playing and making the cut and i think he proved to himself some things and he was like man i'm just happy to be back out here and competing and the score is the score whatever it is he knew there was going to be rust and you know this is so my eight-year-old isabella i watch a lot of golf she knows who tiger woods is and she goes to me goes daddy i've never seen tiger woods smile before <laughs> and she's like, I see him smiling. And I'm like, Yeah, he's he's happy. Normally he's very serious out there, but he's just, you know, I forget what hole it was. He made a birdie and smiled and and tipped his cap. And she's like, Yeah, I've never seen him smile before. Because <laughs> normally he's yeah. not smiling. He's just it's a different, it's a different tiger for sure. Um, but I think at this point, you know, like like we've said, it's 
I think he recognizes where he is in his in his golf life and he is trying to stay relevant and for him to be that steely you know competitor of the past and and not really be competitive is not a good look for the game and not a good look for his brand and I think he understands that he needs to acknowledge you know being out there at this point after suffering you know mangled right leg it's like hey you know, expectations are low here. You know, I'm, I'm just trying to, and he, and we've noticed that from the beginning when they did the interviews with him, he is, he's been adamant about downplaying, you know, his comeback and when he's, when he's going to make his return. And, and he's done that on purpose. I think it's to save, it's to save face a little bit. It's to save, uh, you know, personal integrity about, you know, who he is. It's like, Hey, I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get back out there. Like, this expectation of me going out to win majors is, is not going to happen, you know? And if it does happen, then it should be, it should be notated as one of the greatest, you know, major championship victories of all time. If it, if it were to ever happen, but he's, you know, Tiger's a big drama guy. So he's even, he's even setting it up that way. Like he's downplaying, what his ability is, what he can do, even playing in the Masters. He's like, oh, you won't see me for a while. And here he is playing a couple practice rounds. And everyone's like, oh, my God. And everyone got so excited. And he loves the drama. Yeah, you know? he loves it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he he loves it. So he's setting it up for – he. I, 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 think he wins, I think he wins one more Masters before he's done. Or – he wins a uh, British Open if they go back to St Andrews. What, what they'll go back in five years? I think that's the roto, yeah. Roughly, you know, roughly four to six years they go back. But I, I mean, I would take Tiger at St Andrews or Augusta if he. I mean, if he had a chance to play there, I mean, I would take him because it's not one of those courses that he has to bomb it off the tee. I mean, Augusta, Augusta, is a little longer. Augusta is a little longer, but St. Andrews is not. It's more about controlling your ball, which is awesome that they still play that golf course. But Tiger knows that golf course as good as anyone. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if he has two months to get really f- healthy and strong. Um, actually, is it three months? Yeah, July. Yeah. So he's got three months to really work, continue to work and get his, his leg as strong as he can possibly get it. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he made a nice little run and had like a top 20 finish at Augusta. I hope he can, Augusta. I hope he can play yeah. at least one more time just to get some more reps. Yeah. You know, he, he didn't, he didn't officially not commit to Southern Hills. The PGA Correct. Championship. And then still the, the U S open as well there. He could play. Yeah. And then and is it at, uh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's not a terribly long golf course. It's not super hilly. No, I mean, there's you, some you hills. There, it's definitely not a, out there, right? Yeah, there, there's some hills. It's definitely not Augusta. It's yeah. They have lengthened it a little bit for this. Um, it's probably not going to play any longer than 7,200 yards, though. Yeah. Maybe 73. Now, I think they are going to knock the par down, but... Um, he can handle that. Yeah, he could plot his way around there and... Yeah. And I mean, it's small green, so his his strong iron play is going to help. Yeah, a bunch with those small greens. So, um, I just want you guys to know that I just knocked over this full glass of Calum at fifteen. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a bogey. Right over, 
knocked right over my leg onto the carpet. Um, I don't know. That's probably like a $20, $20 pour that I just poured on my leg. <laughs> no big deal. I'm not, I'm not upset about it at all. I no. think I may, I may try to suck some of the juice out of my slipper here just to get the last <laughs> little bit, but I just thought it was really convenient that I knocked that over right in mid sentence. And here do I am. You, do you feel like the size of the glass had anything to do with it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't. It was my clumsiness was that had something to do with it. The glass, if it had been bigger, it would have I would have knocked it over earlier. Fair. <laughs> a couple other things. What did you guys make of it? We didn't talk about this last week, Jay, but you know, the changes to eleven and fifteen. Do you guys like them, not notice them? You know, I know some people on Twitter at first weren't liking fifteen because a lot of guys weren't going for it and they were laying up. Um, I think that was more weather because it was cold and and into the wind. And that's a lot more wind than you typically see at the masters. And then you look at yesterday, mid seventies, not much wind guys were hitting irons into there and that risk Mm -hmm. reward of going for it. I personally like the changes at 15, 11. I didn't notice a ton. Um, I didn't notice a ton at 11. What what exactly did they do? So they, they lengthened it. They lowered the T box on both 11 and 15. They lengthened it and lowered the T boxes. Then they took out a bunch of those trees on the right. Yeah. Um, it's really not in play. If it, you know, you know, so it was more lengthening it. And some guys had, I mean, 215, 220 yeah. into 11. And they did change the contour off the right side of that green that, you were now set down below the green versus green level. If you were to bail out right there, yeah. I thought it made it the hole a little bit harder, but 15, I think I liked it because it's, there should be a little risk reward. Sure. In a par five. Like I like the fact that they're going for it. And I think it just was a little, maybe a little boring early on just because of how cold and windy it was. And they were yeah. playing 15 dead end. But then yesterday under kind of more normal conditions, it was kind of what we've seen. I mean, Sergio hit eight iron in there that year he won, right? In like, so 15? into 15, whenever Sergio won a few years ago, he hit eight iron to 15. That's just, Is that 2017, 2018? 2018, I think. Yeah. Cause it, what, did he win the year before Tiger won? T- Tiger won 2019. So. Yes. He won 2019. Yeah. But so anyways, I don't know. I don't know if he was even worthwhile talking about, but I, I liked lengthening it a little bit, bringing in a little more, decision making and and what do i do here what do i not do yeah i'm surprised scotty went for it i mean he roped a a five iron around that tree yeah i was like why is he going for this but i guess you go for it and you hit it in the water shorter long you're dropping versus you can still hit it in the water if you lay up yeah you know what i mean now you're dropping four versus dropping three you're right it's not an easy layup there i mean unless you can Depending on the pin, unless you can get like a really good angle, you know, way to the left or way to the right, depending on where the pin is. If it's pins back left, you 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 bail out way to the right. You're hitting along the green, and the same thing um, if you hit it left. You know, if the pin's middle to right, you, you're hitting a, along the green. You have more green to work with. But you know, I I think you're right. I think the guys just like say, hey, if I if I hit a really bad shot, I'll just drop and pitch it up and make my bogey double or whatever. And probably yeah, you got one more shot to play with. You're because yeah. we've seen plenty of guys just cold chunk that. You know, they lay up and they cold chunk that eighty yard wedge 
on that steep yeah. slope in there, or they hit it up on the green and they back it all the way up off the green. So they must be thinking, okay, well, I can probably just as well hit this wedge into the water as I can hit in this four iron in the water. So yeah. I might as well hit the ball in the water and in, in my on my second shot versus hitting the yeah. in the water on my third yeah. shot. One hundred percent. So yeah. Let's um. Anyways, that was quick. Quick. Oh, real fast. And I texted you guys. How hard is the twelfth hole for the members at Augusta? That's got to be impossible. That green is so little. And, it's so and narrow. I'll uh, I'll give a shout out to Ricky Sullivan, like and I did last week. He was there with some of his uh, his students, uh, women for the women's amateur. He's got three girls that are in, you know in the top tier uh, in the country: um, Jen Castle, Rachel Keen, and I can't remember the other girl's name. I did the same. The last name is Sombach. She she goes to she's a, a member of the UVA golf. Uh, yeah. UVA golf team, but needless to say, he, he said the same thing. He was just, he kept commenting on how the undulation is like, you can't, you can't describe it, you know, on TV, like they, the TV doesn't do it justice. And number 12, that green is so little. It was like, it is so little for 160 yard, you know, shot. It is really teeny and really narrow. And I, I don't know where to really bail out. Nowhere to bail out. I don't think the viewers really understand. Like, if you miss it long, you're screwed. If you miss it short, you're screwed. You can't miss it left or right, obviously, because you know there's nothing there either. But um, it's it it that's what makes the the Amen Corner so awesome. You know, 11, 12, 13, 14. You know these holes that like they're they're hard. They're just hard holes. And then then you then you go. I mean, 14 is kind of the hole that you kind of skip, I think for most people. Uh, and then you go to 15 where it's a really volatile hole, 16 volatile hole, 17 and 18, obviously the finishing holes. So everyone's paying attention to those, but uh, even 10 is a really tough goal. So every, almost every hole in the back nine makes it fun to watch. Like anything can happen, you know, you know, birdie double that that's, that's fun golf to watch. In my opinion, that's why people like the master so much in my opinion. Well, and, and beyond that, Jay, you know, one of the best parts about it, how, how often have you played Augusta? Zero. And, and that's my point. Yeah. We're able to describe that many holes in depth without having yeah. ever played the golf course. That that tells me a lot. Yeah. What if I'd said I've played it 20 times? How, what would you have said? With How would your argument have gone there? If you'd have <laughs> played it 20 times, I guarantee I'd have fucking known about it. <laughs> You would have known about it. A hundred percent. Because if I'd have played it 20 times, I, I guarantee you we'd have renamed the podcast by now. Yeah. McLean's played Augusta uh, podcast. Come see us. McLean's stories from Augusta. You're a hundred percent right. You're hundred percent right. <laughs> All right. So let's get to McLean's segment that he, that we impromptu thought of yesterday or Saturday. What is this? You had said like win or fail. I want to call this segment birdie and bogeys from the masters. So good yes. things and bad things yes. that we saw this weekend. I have, believe it or not, I have more bad than good. Um, Can I, I say my number one bad to start yeah, off? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's Tony all, I was just going to say on the count of three, let's all say it. Yeah, it's Tony, Tony Finau's sweater. What in the fuck? Was Nike I mad at Tony. him? Did he lose Tony, a bet? I love you. I love you. But you're right. That was one of the worst sweaters that I've ever seen. 
I was telling Jay Burnt yesterday. Orange, neon and navy is not no, a good, not a good, not a good color mix. combo. I was telling Jay yesterday, McLean, did you see somebody found that on the Nike website that you can buy online? It was in the the clearance sale category. It was like forty percent off on the website. <laughs> no way. Yeah. It was like bargain they basement. Try, they used Tony to try and clear some last minute goods. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> hey tony for your masters we got some clearance shit coming at you <laughs> Jeez, who did he piss off oh god it was it was it was hideous 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 the the worst sweater i think i've ever seen oh man i mean it was like the worst brown possible you know it like awful he said it was burnt orange and that was fucking friendly yeah oh, it god. was just hideous it looked like, you know, up here in Virginia, we can get some of that red clay and it looked like yeah. muddy red clay. Yeah. Like, yeah. After a rainstorm, we're just like, oh, this looks gross. Mixed with a shitty diaper. <laughs> yes. You would know all about that. That's that's why it came to mind pretty quickly. <laughs> um, some other some other bogeys I had. Charles Schwartzel's pants. I texted you guys on Saturday. What was Double he doing? Bleats with a cuff. Double bleat and a cuff. Yeah. I was like, those pants belong in like 1994. That's, they belong in Adam Scott's wardrobe. And like they look like they were ago. like a hundred percent cotton too. Like it was. I think his sponsor is Michael Kors, which while we're on the subject, by the way, the people from clear golf balls had to be absolutely selling their souls to get that kind of coverage on their product. <laughs> Had to be absolutely fucking selling their souls to get that kind of. They're they're over there like I'll do anything if he wins this golf tournament. I don't give a fuck. I'll do it all. My, yeah, yeah. my brother, my brother put a ten dollar bet on Charles Swarshall to win, and it was like a. I think the payoff was twenty seven thousand or twenty uh, twenty seven thousand. So uh, so he would have won, won twenty seven hundred. He would have won twenty seven hundred. And I was like, bet. first, my first thought was, why did you, why did you waste ten dollars on Charles? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but you know, after the second round, I was like, wow, this is not so. You're not so dumb. But I was like, I don't know how you even thought this was a good bet. Yeah, but, he'd have been better off going to Chick Fil A at the beginning of the week. <laughs> that place is overrated. But though. at one point, he could have cashed I'm out. I'm sorry, like, the fuck you say. Bucks. Chick-fil-A is overrated. Oh, you don't know what to order. Massively. You don't know, what are you overrated. ordering? What are you ordering? Nothing. It's awful. Not awful. Faggot. It's overrated. You're, you're absolutely <laughs> wildly overrated. You've lost your fucking. What about mind. Zaxby's? That's good. Whatever. It's all fast food. It all kind of sucks. That's a good chicken. What don't That's you like about Chick-fil-A? What do you order? All right. Do you want me to do this right now? I, I'm. It's I funny. You know, you, you read, you rednecks. You guys get all butthurt when I say this. It's unbelievable. <laughs> um, Chick-fil-A is the most overrated food in America. You've lost your fucking It's head. Hey, guys, everyone who's listening, it's just a fucking fried chicken fast food sandwich, guys. And there's there's traffic cops outside these places because people just like it's like gold. It's like, guys, it's a soggy bun in a fried chicken sandwich. <laughs> they put in a fryer. What are we doing? They're all the fucking same. Why is this place so popular? What about the chicken nuggets? You tell me you don't like the chicken nuggets? They're fine. They're chicken nuggets. With some Polynesian sauce or some Chick-fil-A sauce, some waffle fries. Yeah, that's all somewhat kind of soggy. Like, it's ridiculous. 
I, you go actually, to a bad Chick Fil A. My most favorite thing with Chick Fil A is the waffle fries. The waffle fries are fantastic. I get I get the nuggets, a twelve count. I, I in the morning I get the Chick Fil A biscuit, add pickles. It's fucking oh. heaven on earth. Oh, that is good. Yeah, I used oh, to go to the, I used to go to the Chick Fil A right across from our house when we lived in in the city, and I would go there almost every day. And this this lady, she worked <laughs> she worked the drive through counter. And I would get the same thing every time. And she was like, oh, honey. She was like, oh, you're back again every day. Same thing. She just knew. She, did. <laughs> she didn't know my name oh, good. or anything about me, but she knew exactly what I was getting. And I loved oh, it. Yeah. She, she was the and, best. And the the best service in fast food without question. I mean, you have a great experience every time you're there. They pay yeah. well. It's, it's a great it's a great all-around experience. It was. Yeah, it was whatever. Great. Whatever. Sorry, I just, I just. So I who just, would you hold on real quick? I know we're gonna move on. Who? What would you rank above Chick Fil A right now? I don't know. I actually, I don't eat fast food. I really don't. I, I eat Chick Fil A more than anything because my two daughters absolutely love it. <laughs> but I don't. I get a salad most of the time when I get. I go there. I get like the Cobb salad. Have you had the mac and cheese? Uh, I don't know if I have. Have you had the chicken noodle soup? I don't mm. know if I have. See, this is what I'm saying. This is shit you don't even know about. That's also fantastic. Oh, okay, that's great. It's, it's outside just, the regular. But, uh, it's a again, deep, the again, I'm going to say what I said at the beginning, guys. It's just fucking fast food. What are we doing here? Why no, are there traffic cops I don't feel like Chick Fil A is. I don't feel like Chick Fil A is. Well, okay, then you're just telling yourself that because it, it's hey, it's fast food. I'm in line for 30 seconds. It's fucking fast. All right, so like <laughs> it's fried. It's fried chicken. What are we doing? Why is it like this? It's funny, you know. I I say a lot of things that offend people. I don't think I've ever said anything in the South more than when I say every time I say this conversation, I say Chick-fil-A is overrated. It's like, oh, bless your heart. God bless you. I can't believe, you know, they're just trying to like baptize me in Chick-fil-A sauce. It's like, no, guys, it's just overrated. Like, <laughs> I'll baptize you in Chick-fil-A oh. sauce. Oh, my God. It's like, golly. All right. Let's go back to the birds and bogeys. Bless your heart. Another, another <laughs> bogey. Heart. Another bogey. Heart. Rory McIlroy's celebration after he hold that bunker shot. You were absolutely it was fucking awful. Rory. What was Learn that? to celebrate, dude? And he if like you're gonna spat. throw a club down, don't make it look like a fucking accident. And then he did did this with his arm. That, yeah, it was, was like, yeah, it was figure skating. He landed he landed a jump off the fucking pommel horse. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck that was. A triple sow cow or something. What the hell? Is a he a doing? triple sow cow. That's exactly right. A hundred percent. Like yeah. God, come on, Rory. Learn to celebrate. Watch some tiger footage. It was Jesus. fucking awful. It was, it was so bad. unathletic. It's unreal. It was so white. Unreal. It was so white. <laughs> Beyond that, it was British. <laughs> Northern Ireland. I guess. No, it was Irish. God damn it. Irish. Uh, I'm not sure this is another bogey, but I had this on my list. It just hurt watching it. I texted you guys. When Scotty Scheffler tries to hit a draw, holy crap. Like the moving parts and the flailing and it looks like it hurts. Like, dude, you're going to pull something too and just hit your fade. Dude, you talk about having <laughs> yeah. to feel that shit. Oh God. All right. So God. birdies, some of the, some of the good things I had from the weekend, and this was going to shock everyone that listens to this podcast. This is actually cool. I do nothing but bash this guy. And I don't know if you caught this, but Bryson DeChambeau stayed after he missed the cut. Yeah. He missed the cut people. Cause he sucks. he, Stayed all weekend because he wanted to witness Tiger and saying, I don't know how often I'm going to get to see greatness and how he just stayed in Augusta, was there mingling around on Sunday just because 
Tiger was around. And I, I have to tip my cap to Bryson. That is cool. That shows how big Tiger Woods is in this game. That the Hudson Swafford, who wasn't in the field, drove up for the Masters from um, Sea Island, Georgia. He has had he had neck surgery in February. He had WD, couldn't play. Made a three Buddy, and a half hour drive. To hang, watch. On, hang on, hang on. Hudson Swafford Sorry, played. Harris English. The it's the same person. Harris English. Hudson played pretty good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't even in the event. All of Sorry, a sudden, Harris English. It's the same wow. freaking person. God, I, I'm offended for Hudson. I swear to God. <laughs> They um, are so, pretty close to the same person. I will give True. Bryson a tip of the captain. I thought that was cool. Shows how much of a fan of the sport he is, and that is very, very cool. I totally agree with that. As someone who I do not like him, the fact that he did that, I think, shows how much he's engaged with the sport. And maybe that's maybe that's a little tick in the right direction for me. You I never mean, know. I've been I've, known to change. I've, I was a Rom fan at one time. Now he can eat a dick. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I've I've been a fan of uh of Bryson, not of Bryson, but of his willingness to like push the envelope i have been i've been a fan of that like i like that he is like tries to do something different but in this situation i feel like there's some ulterior motive you could be right there yeah um like i don't just i i'm so cautious when it comes to him and like trying to win fans back and just kind of anything that he's anything that's like he tries to do that's genuine doesn't come off as genuine and it, it, it may be, he may really have wanted to just, he was being honest, but based on his, like some of his uh, Instagram posts and his Facebook posts, and it just, it wouldn't surprise me if this was like some type of political, not political, but some PR marketing, marketing ploy to win people over, you know, yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I, maybe not. I hope not. But I hope he really was genuine when he said that. Like, hey, I just wanted to watch Tiger, you know, this week, which I, I don't know. I, that's seems a little strange to me. Yeah. Um, Like, why do you want to? Yeah, I, I could see where maybe you would stay around. You know, if you missed the cut on Friday and and tiger was in the hunt and he was right in the mix and you're like, Hey, let me go see what happens. But tiger wasn't really in the mix. Like, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's well, I think right. also if you have, if you're a super fan of the game, which I, I, I do think he is at the end of the day, if you have access to Augusta during master's week, you're going to take advantage of it. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe he's trying to get in, uh, good graces with Tiger and and build a relationship and say some stuff like that and you know like John Rahm has already commented how Tiger has wants to give him zero information uh, about Augusta and anything that can help him um, but he was, is obviously openly um, giving information to Justin Thomas. Um, I don't find there's nothing wrong with that in my opinion. So what? So so what, John Rahm? Why does he have to give you advice? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Well, just Justin's in his like, other circle. I agree. I'm just yeah, saying. Justin, like, he's even said that Justin Thomas is like his little brother. So like, it's yeah. obviously a, an unbelievably close relationship. So I don't know what Rom's bitching about there, but yeah, Rom, if you want to, if you want to get the information, then you need to, you know, spend time with Tiger outside of golf, or you know, if you're, you know, you can't just approach him at the golf tournament and be like, hey, 
give me everything you know about Augusta. Why would he do that? Like, yeah. No, you're not like, going to hey, do we're that. We're competing against each other. You know, I'm not going to tell you all of my information. Like, why would I do? I'm none of no one would do that. I never did that. If I was playing with somebody that I didn't know and they're like, hey, give me all the all the tips that you have about winning, you know, the tournaments that you won here. I'm like, I, I don't know you, dude. Why am I going to do that? For yeah. You? I'm still playing against you. But for, for Justin Thomas, obviously, he's like a family friend. He's been a, around them for a while. So, yeah, that's different. But, well, you know, back to the point, though, with, with Bryson, maybe maybe he's thinking, look, I need to attach myself with, with Tiger and try to get all I can get out of him and, and build a good relationship because he's got – I mean, let's be honest. Like, Tiger's uh, arguably the best golfer – to ever live. I mean, you, you've got two or three other players that you can throw in the mix and, you know, only one, one of which is alive. And, um, these guys have a relationship with him, some of them, and they know him. So they're like, Hey, I'm trying to take advantage of everything I can get here to try to, you know, better my career. You know, Tiger's been through some of the most extreme situations in terms and in, in golf and like, let's, let's try to, maximize our potential here and, and jack nicholas is not given as much information jack is is gotten to the point now where he knows the political responses and he knows how to an- answer a question without answering a question and we're not, we're not giving giving up any information and jack's good at it and plus he's he's been out of the game i mean let's be honest the last real tournament he won was 1986 masters that was 35 years ago. So and fucking impressive. It was incredible. Uh, I mean, super incredible, but a lot of these guys that, that want to talk to him weren't even born yet. Yeah. So some other, some other birdies I thought were good. And, and McLean brought it up earlier. The masters app is phenomenal. It is so good. There's one, there's no ads. It's fast. You can do all these different things. You can see every shot hit from every player and you can do it in a heartbeat and you can do it while you're watching the coverage. Cause you can do the little picture and picture thing with the featured groups or the broadcast or the, on the range or man, it's so good. It is so good. The PGA tour needs to take a go and figure yeah. out who does this, how they do it and copy as much as they can. And I get, there's going to be ads and that kind of stuff, but Man, it it's it's so good. It is unbelievable. It's make it makes following the tournament so much more enjoyable and so much easier. Well, it's so much easier to miss a golf shot. You can all of a sudden get up and go do something, come back and say, "Oh, let me run back and check Tiger's last." What do you do on that hole? You can be anywhere yeah. in the world, pull it up. I was sitting outside of that Home Depot, which I told you guys about off air earlier, um, and I was I was keep I saw every shot. I didn't miss yeah. anything. It was yeah, it's fantastic. so good, so good. And then my last, my last birdie are good. Some of the caddy player conversations that were caught on hot mics uh, this weekend. There were a few good ones. Shane Lowry berating his caddy. Um, JT berating himself. I missed that. And then my favorite, my favorite one was the Matthew Fitzpatrick and his caddy, Billy Foster. I think it was on Saturday. Did you guys catch this? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's on 13 and he kind of hit flared his tee shot out to the right and he's laying up 
And Billy Foster gave him the yardage, and he had a four iron in his hand. He like gave him the yardage. Yeah, it's two twenty to lay up, and he kind of Fitzpatrick gets over the ball, and then he like backs off and asks him again. And Billy Foster basically goes like, "Yeah," he goes, "It's four iron. It's two twenty. Now get on with it." <laughs> and Fitzpatrick looks at him and he goes, "Sorry, you in a rush?" Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, "No, we're good. Just hit it." <laughs> imagine telling your player just get on with it i think what he meant was like all right you have the right club we have the right yardage you know don't over don't overthink this kind of thing yeah. and i'm sure that they're they're both british yeah. so i'm sure that little british humor and i'm sure they have some banter back and forth because Fitzpatrick didn't really seem like pissed off but man it was funny <laughs> yeah that's that's a, that's a tough that's a that's tough for a caddy they want to like be honest with their player but it's like yeah, if I'm too honest and I piss them off, then they're like, all right, you're fired. Yeah. It, it, there's nothing, you know, nothing they can do about it. It's like, hey, I don't want to work with you anymore. You know, it sucks. It was so uh, the, the caddies, those those caddies have a tough, they have a tough run because in the we all know professional golfers are just some of the most uh, I've got a couple words that I want to use and I won't use say that. use them. No, I mean, <laughs> because Self, I'll be, I'll be selfish. I'll be incriminating myself because <laughs> I don't, I don't do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's an individual sport. So, you, you know, you kind of get wrapped into doing your own thing. Like, it's like, this is the way that I do it. Like I do it this way. And you get a caddy who's in all honesty is your teammate and you forget quickly that they are uh, uh, a really big part of what each player does and whether they admit it or not, um, you know, having a good caddy is, is, is really important to, to each player's success. So, you know, it's easy to like complain like a Bubba Watson or a Shane Lowry and you, you're, you know, you turn to your caddy and, you know, give them the evil eye, but it's, you know, Hey dude, you're the one that's pulling the trigger. You're the one hitting the putt. You're the one hitting the shot. You know, they're there as a support, but they don't get any glory when you win, but you're going to cuss them out when you, you miss yeah. a putt or don't, you know, you don't hit a shot the way you want. Like it's like, it's your, it's your fault. You know, that's the other side of it. Um, but whatever. I just love hearing some of those banners and just, just more of that audio between the player and caddy versus listening to Nick Faldo. I, I do love that bullshit is I would, I, I would love to, I would love to hear more of the player player caddy interaction and what they're talking about, what they're, what they're uh, thinking. And I think you're going spot. to with this new Netflix show. Cause I've seen on a couple occasions this year, um, actually Fitzpatrick did it a couple of weeks ago. I think it was the match play. He was wearing, um, I don't know if it was a microphone and camera or just a microphone on his hat. Yeah. And they, they made a comment that it was for the new Netflix show that they were recording. That's awesome. So I think you're going to, we're going to hear cool. some more of that stuff in that show. All right. Be cool. Before we, we're going to get to our picks. This, this show has been running long, but that's been some good conversation. So I, I have to do a little mass hold minute. And I posted this on our Instagram. All right, people, we get it. The Masters has some good food and it's cheap. I don't need to see 400 pictures of the menu and the prices. I don't need to see the 400 pictures of 
your barbecue sandwich wrapped up in the green wrapper and your cups and your pimento cheese and your egg salad. We get it. How many times have we fucking heard this? Okay, people, every publication and, and then every year you, you get on social media, you get the picture of the menu. Okay, if you had $10, how would you spend your $10 for lunch? Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. That's it. I'm done. Massive minutes over. Just enough with the fucking food. It's cheap. It's cheap. It's cheap. We get it. Awesome. Great. They make billions of dollars. They can they can have cheap food. Good. Cool. Thanks. Seen it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> and and just like that, Mike was banned from Augusta. <laughs> <laughs> No, I get nothing wrong with Augusta. Could you imagine if you got a letter in the mail, Mikey, that says... No, it has nothing to do with Augusta. Fred really just got a small little alert in his inbox. I'm I'm not bashing Augusta. I am bashing the people that incessantly put this shit on social media. Every single Masters. Like, it's not original anymore. We get it. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Chick-fil-A is still overrated. Chick-fil-A, Masters. Have you had the Polynesian sauce? Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. You can baptize me in that, too, while you're at it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> you, you would love unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. <laughs> you, can, you can really feel it. All right. <laughs> Harbortown. <laughs> RBC Heritage. It's actually a pretty decent field. We got five of the top ten in the world playing this week. Morgan Hoffman. Yes. Is making yes. his turn to the PGA tour. I don't know what the odds are for him just to make the cut. I will look it up and see if I can put a small wager on it. I don't think he will make the cut. I don't see in any possible way that he makes the golf makes the cut and then his first event back in years. After uh, who well, is there a bet if he's gonna wear shoes or not? I want to take that bet. That's a good point. This is but an incredible field. I'm blown it's, away. It's it. actually, I was surprised looking at it. I made my DraftKings team in about 35 seconds. I did zero research for it. I had an outing at the club today and just didn't have time and just rifled through it. But you got um, Spieth, DJ, Fitzpatrick, Neiman, Morikawa, Cam Smith, JT, Shane Lowry, Daniel Berger, Corey Connors, Patrick Cantlay, Terrell Hatton. It's, it's a good field. It's surprisingly good. Uh, how about... Terrell Hatton's uh, outburst about Augusta. Oh, I missed it. I love outbursts. Oh, yeah. No, he went on the record saying how it was unfair and uh, kind of bashed the course a little bit. I oh. thought it was a very, very interesting move from a professional that uh, has access or may have just ended his access. Man, hmm. I did not see that. Yeah, I'll definitely check something out. check out. All right. Who wants to go first their picks? Not I. I'll do mine. I'll make it short, quick, and simple. Um, I'm going to start from the bottom and work my way up to the top. Uh, at my lowest spot, Wesley Bryan. He is a 6100 wow. bucks, uh, past champion. You know, he's coming off a bunch of injuries. So at 6100 bucks, I, you know, nothing great, but I'm thinking if he could give me a top 30, that would be great. Um, uh, then I jump up to Sebastian Munoz. We all know his, his skill set. He is uh, like a top 25, top 30 kind of guy here, uh, in the last five events. So 
nothing, nothing spectacular, but you know, from a DraftKings standpoint, making birdies and getting some points, I think he'll do well. Uh, then we jump up to Mr. Matty Kucher, who has won here in the past as well. Same kind of situation. Um, coming off a top, uh, a second place finish at Valero, sixteenth uh, at Valspar, so he could be trending. Could be possibly. I don't know if you need three events in a row to be trending, but he's got two events. Um, then we jump up to uh, Tyrell Haddon, which we've talked about, eighty-six hundred bucks. Great ball striker. This is a ball striker's course. You know, navigating your way around the uh, the live oaks there in Hilton Head. Um, next up, Corey Connors, great ball striker. We've all talked about him quite a few times. So he loves the Masters. He's three for three in top tens at the Masters. In his he career. does love the Masters. So I'm hoping he's riding high right now and feeling good about himself. And it's funny, like some guys will go to a big event, a major or a top tier event, and then they drop down to a lower tier event and they lose uh, the motivation and they just kind of it's an off week. Kind of go through and the motions other, a little bit. Yeah. Go through the motions. And then other players look at it like, Hey, I just finished top five, top 10 at the masters. I'm better than all of you guys. Like I, there's no reason that I should lose to any of you guys. So they come in with supreme confidence thinking like, Hey, I just, I just finished top 10 at, at, at Augusta at, the, at a major. And now I'm dropping back and playing in this, you know, mid-tier event at Hilton Head, uh, you guys can't beat me. Um, so I'm hoping that that's the type of player he is. I don't know. But he's played well here in the past, and he's obviously is coming off of a good finish at uh, Augusta. So I have a feeling that Corey Connors, he, I think he's, I think he could win this this golf course. But yeah, anyway. I like that pick. Uh, I've got Dustin Johnson at uh, as my top spot at 10-5. He's won here in the past. Uh, obviously, he's a top he's a top five player in the world. So, anytime he shows up, he's going to bring the heat. So, see what he does. Cool. All uh, right, I I'm am, gonna I'm gonna go. Oh, you you okay with that, McLean? Proceed. All right. Again, I did Proceed. very very little. Research. I'll start at the bottom. Sixty-eight hundred dollars. Joel Damon been playing pretty well this year, and I like Joel. That's my pick. Uh, um, Seven thousand. Davis Riley. We saw him a few weeks ago at the Valspar lose to Sam Burns in the playoff. Played well. That's going to give him some confidence. Love his golf swing. Go Davis Riley at seven thousand. Then I will hop up to um, Kevin Kisner. Eighty-one hundred dollars. Just a perfect venue for him. Um, and I like him at $8,100 too. I thought that was a great value play. Then I'm going to go, uh, Tommy Fleetwood. I, I, I feel like he's getting ready to turn a corner. Played well. He had a sneaky, um, 14th at the masters this weekend. Although you never saw him came in top 20 at, at Valspar. He's just, if you look at his finishes recently, you haven't really seen him, but 14th, 16th, 22nd, 20th in his last four events. Uh, I like him in ball striking here. Uh, I like Fleetwood with a good finish. 
Then I go up to Daniel Berger, $9,600. Did not play well on the weekend at the Masters. Did make the cut, but did not play well on the weekend. Has had some high finishes this year. I like Berger there. Um, this course, you need to hit your irons well, and you need to putt it well. He can do both. And then I have my boy. I'm taking him. I haven't taken him a while. He had a him and Rory had the little bromance there on 18 yesterday. He had the backdoor top five, Colin Morikawa. Oh, just a perfect golf course for him. That's it. You love that guy so much. I do. I can admit that. I'm ready. Okay. Glad you're ready. Starting from the bottom. Former past champion. Uh, but actually, I think that was, that's, that's a double. Yeah. Past champion, Graham McDowell. Okay. Wow. Of course, that's up good for him. Loves playing there. Yep. Um, moving up from there, another guy fits a similar bill with a little bit better uh, results. Mr. Zach Johnson, a guy, again, who I look to play really well at a facility like this. Moving to my next pick, Mr. Brian Harmon, guy who's played this golf course a lot from that area of the world. He's from Savannah area. Uh, he's played Harbor Town a lot. And again, another guy I just think sets up incredibly for this golf course. Um, that leads me to a pick that Mike's picked. We do have two of the same picks, by the way. Uh, Mr. Kevin Kisner. 8,100 is a great value play for a guy that just continued in the Masters, uh, a guy who's playing really well right now. You're exactly right. Golf course fits his bill. It's on type of grass and somewhere that he's very familiar with, and I think he's going to play very well at that venue. Uh, moving up from there, Mr. Colin Morikawa. Hey. Mr. Colin Morikawa at $10,200. I think he's – you're exactly right, Mike. Ball Strikers Paradise, a guy who 100% – fits this type of golf course and then for my final pick because you forgot i had one more i have mr justin thomas oh so i managed to fit jt and colin on the same squad with kevin kisner brian Harmon, a former champ and a guy I, i this was a quick pick but I like it now oftentimes I do like my team right after I pick them and we go on to do nothing. Um, but I do feel like I know this golf course pretty well. I've been to this golf tournament a lot. I've actually caddied in this golf tournament and I I've got a little bit of knowledge there on the back end of it. Your picks are great. Even though I think Jay's falling asleep right now. No, (laughs) maybe I was pretty, I was pretty excited. I was I was dialed into your picks. I don't think Jay could repeat one of them, but pretty big. <laughs> Who do I got, Jay? I think those picks are great. <laughs> this guy that quickly great. lost it. Look. Oh. He took another shot at Burn. I, I love all of your picks. I think they're great. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jay, I can't wait to show you back this video. Um <laughs> that's amazing. Well, I, felt, uh, I was way long, more confident until I found out Jay fell asleep. All right. With, <laughs> with, with that being said, um, gents, anything else? No. I, no. I look forward to next year's Masters coverage because I think it is probably the best covered event, without question, the best app. Um, as, as a fan, it, it's probably the best week of golf 
Thank yeah, you. it's awesome. And I, real, real fast, CBS is up in their game with like some of their drone footage and the and some of the shots I have never seen, some of the angles, um, I've, I've never seen before. So there, that was been been pretty good, um, as well. So, all right, gents, that was fun. Uh, we're gonna sign off so Jake can go to bed, and we'll be <laughs> back next week. <laughs> Cheers. Later. Later.